The Wedding by On My Literature Bullshit Again Chapters 9 to 13 Part 3 of the Midwest by Disaster Zuka series Read by Mellow Zuko Deer from AO3 Rating Teen and Up Audiences Archive Warning No Archive Warnings Apply See Chapter 1 for tags Chapter 9 Summary Ghosts of the past and the adults who deal with them Plus, the inherent sexual tension of dancing at weddings What is it? Zuko asked, following his gaze out toward the door Sokka snapped his eyes away immediately, grabbed his empty drink and swallowed a piece of ice just to have something to do Nothing, he said immediately. All good. Had his voice suddenly risen an octave? Was he genuinely regressing through time and turning back into a scared high schooler? Because that was great. Start the morning with unintended cuddling, then move to awkward rejection, then crying on his sister, then happy wedding vibes, then having fun with his fake boyfriend again, and just end it all with a smackdown blast from the past. Why the fuck not? Seriously, what's going on? Zuko said, voice lowering. Is someone here? Did something happen? Nope, Sokka said brightly, which sounded as fake as it possibly could. What were we talking about? Zuko levelled him with a look. Okay, this is weird even for you, he said. You gotta give me something here, bud. Yeah, Sokka said, watching the new attendees from the corner of his eyes. Did I ever tell you about being forced out of the closet in high school? Uh, Zuko replied, rubbing at the edge of his scar. I feel like there was something about being beat up in high school for liking boys, smashed into the middle of your crazy ramble when we first got into town. Yep, Sokka said, voice still a bit high. And that... Wonderful human who outed and punched me and then made it his mission to humiliate me whenever possible is definitely in this room now, chatting it up with some of his little asshole cronies. Where? Zuko asked, and his voice had lowered. By the door, Sokka replied, three guys, all in plaid and looking like fuckboys. Guy with the shorter hair is Han, the outer and puncher and humiliator. Zuko grunted. I see him. The rumble in his voice had gotten more pronounced, but Sokka noticed that only distantly because he was having some sort of high school war flashback that made no sense for how far removed he was from it now. Except, at that moment, he wasn't far removed. He was right back in Perda, right back with all these same people, and it was like nothing had actually changed at all. Why are they here and still all together? Sokka said mostly to himself, rubbing his temples. Do they seriously still all hang out? Does time just stand still for these people? Do they put on their old letterman jackets, sit around in their driveways and drink beers and reminisce about those good old high school days of making nerds and queer kids feel like shit? Sokka scraped his nails along the side of his scalp. Like, why the fuck would he even be here? I don't think he even knew Ang and Katara existed, and... Hey, Zuko's voice was surprisingly soft, 
and then his fingers were actually on Sokka's jawline, making him jump. But Sokka still allowed Zuko to gently turn his face to look at him, and his eyes were dark in this light, all warm and sort of amber. Take a deep breath, Sokka assumed, and Zuko smiled a little and let his hand drop from his face. I mean, yeah, he said, but more, I was just going to bring you back to the present. Because I'm spiralling, like a crazy person, Sokka muttered. God, what the hell is wrong with me? Zuko patted his leg. Oh, buddy, you are nowhere near the levels of angst and spiralling I've done in my life. Sokka met his eyes, trying for regular adult reactions. But he must have still looked crazy or panicked or weird because Zuko found his hand and held it. Just remember, Zuko said slowly, taking on a purposeful, soothing tone as his thumb rubbed over the back of Sokka's hand. You're not stuck anymore. And that guy, any of those guys, any of these people even, he gave a flippant wave with his free hand, don't have power over you anymore. Okay? Sokka swallowed, heart still pounding a bit like a frightened rabbit. But he nodded. When did you become a crisis counsellor? he asked, trying for a smile. Well, I do deal with crises pretty regularly, Zuko offered Riley, tilting his head. I'd better have learned how to stay calm and calm other people down too. Although, it'd be easier if I could just medicate you. Still no sedatives on you? Nope, sorry. We'll have to do this the old-fashioned way, with, you know, words and stuff. Sokka smiled a little, looking down at their joined hands resting on Zuko's knee. Also, I spent a lot of time in therapy learning these things for myself, Zuko continued, giving a bit of a wince and rubbing at his eye again. Learning to refocus and remember that I'm not still a kid and I never have to be a kid again. It's weird to talk about, but, eh, uh, I guess we're there now, huh? Sokka nodded, basically agreeing just so Zuko would keep talking in his low rumbling voice and gently rubbing his hand. It's weird, Zuko continued, but for me, it was and is, I guess, about learning that I don't have to be scared and angry and lash out at everyone around me, because, God, could I lash out at people? He ended with a crooked smile, and Sokka managed to return it. But... I don't have to, because that fucked up time in my life is over and I survived. Same goes for you. He jiggled their linked hands for emphasis, expression trying so hard to be comforting, and Sokka felt it lodge somewhere under his sternum. He met Zuko's eyes. Yeah? Yeah, Zuko said. You're an adult now. Sokka snorted at that. And Zuko chuckled too. Okay, well, at least you're not the same kid getting stuck in dog kennels and falling in creeks. Fucking tough, Sokka huffed, but Zuko just smiled. But really, you're not that scared closeted kid just like I'm not that, well, scared closeted kid, honestly, Zuko finished, forehead wrinkling. So, now we're what? Sokka asked, cocking an eyebrow. 
although something was loosening across the tops of his shoulders. Awkward openly by adults? That seems about right, Zuko admitted, and then shook his head. Regardless, we're on the other side of the bullshit, you and me, and no one can drag us back there. There was something fierce in his expression, especially as he added, with a hint of that cocky sort of smile he got sometimes. And if they try, I'll personally punch them in the face. How about that? He was so sincere, so earnest, and Sokka nodded again, deeply aware that Zuko was still holding his hand, was still staring at him from such a close distance, being all kind and vulnerable and patient with him in a way Sokka really wasn't used to. From anyone, he realised with a kind of start. Sokka managed a deep breath and sat back. Maybe you should be a crisis counsellor, he offered. God, no, Zuko replied with a scoff. You think I have this kind of patience for everyone, all the time? I'd start screaming and throwing things at people after about three hours. Therapy can only do so much to quell the instinct. He shook his head. Give me a car accident or an old guy with breathing problems any day. You're a weird dude, Zuko, Sokka said, unable to keep the fondness out of his voice. But thank you. Yeah, well, Zuko said, and then gave a jerky nod back toward the door. Fuck that guy. Then they both settled back a bit more like normal again. Although Zuko hadn't let go of Sokka's hand, which he'd dropped into his lap. Sokka was acutely aware of those openly joined hands. Even as he tried to continue watching the dance floor and not just keeping track of Han as he lingered by the bar. Apparently it was the more cheesy, slow song portion of the evening, because more people were coupling off and holding each other close while the DJ played Journey and Brian Adams. Ang and Katara were in the middle of a cluster of other swaying couples. Random family members, people Sokka had known in high school, people he only knew by association or had just met for the wedding. It was strange, that push and pull of past and present all commingling in this room, and it still made his skin itch a little. Paku was talking to some great-uncle by the head table. Han was drinking a beer and scanning the room. Zuko was holding his hand. But Zuko was right. Sokka wasn't that confused, scared kid anymore. And he wasn't stuck in this town either. He glanced aside at Zuko, noticing the way the low light caught his face and glinted in the one eye Sokka could see. Hey, you want to dance? He heard himself ask. It wasn't totally unreasonable to ask just for the pretend dating thing. And Sokka might as well at least try to dance with the prince before he had to turn back into a pumpkin, right? And Zuko could always say no if it was too weird and Sokka would let it. Yeah, okay, Zuko replied, looking over at him with a slightly cautious smile. Oh, well, great then, Sokka said. Unsure what to do now that he was actually here. Luckily, Zuko just stood up as another slower song started to play, and other people also coupled off. They were still holding hands. They continued holding hands as they walked toward the dance floor and through the people still sitting at tables. They actually looked like a couple, in the sight of everyone. There was a beautiful boy holding Sokka's hand and leading him to the dance floor, and... 
he hadn't actually thought he'd get this far, and he could feel a sort of bi-panic rising up inside of him that was giving him similar head swirlies to when he'd started tripping balls after drinking from a cactus. Yeah, so, Zuko said as they stopped to face each other within the swirling lights cast by the DJ booth, I don't actually know how to dance. Yeah, me neither, Sokka replied, because what the hell was happening? It shouldn't be this dramatic, and yet he was still fixated on not knowing what to do other than stand there, holding Zuko's hand and staring at him, a bit like a deer about to get schmucked on a road. Zuko, probably just because this was pretend and didn't mean anything to him, although that sort of made Sokka feel pathetic, just shook his head and adjusted their joined hands. Then he placed his other one on Sokka's waist, stepping slightly closer to him. Sokka tensed at the contact, but forced himself to do something normal. Which for him meant attempting to make Zuko laugh by being an idiot. So, middle school dance rules? Sokka asked, resting his hand on Zuko's shoulder like he imagined he was supposed to. Sway side to side and leave room for Jesus? And Zuko did laugh, which made everything worth it and Sokka took a step along with him, smiling back. They fell into an easy sway following the ballady Elton John song playing and the motion of the other dancing couples, even though Sokka's heart was loud in his chest at the proximity. They were dancing, only inches apart, to the point where Sokka kept getting that warm scent from Zuko again and could make out the low gold tones in his eyes. He was steady and had a good sense of rhythm and kept smiling over at Sokka in a way that didn't feel warranted at all. Because, yeah, Sokka was head-over-heels god on the stupid guy and couldn't make himself stop. Sokka smiled back anyway, because he still felt that thrumming energy and the oddly tense air in between them, and damn it, universe, just let him enjoy something for once. Zuko's hand, intentionally or not, drifted further along Sokka's back, pulling him a little bit closer. Sokka let himself be pulled, struck by how easy it would be to close the space between them, be chest to chest, to the point where Sokka could prop his head on Zuko's shoulder, could bury his face in his neck. He didn't, although he did allow himself to hold Zuko's hand a little more firmly in his own. He knew people could see them, were probably looking at them, because the rest of the dance floor was painfully heterosexual, but that all seemed far away for the time being. He and Zuko fit, Somehow, considering how upset they were, and there was just this man with his low-lidded eyes and that careful expression, just the shoulder under Sokka's hand and the swell of the music and their slow, aligned steps and their paired bodies, and nothing else in the whole damn room mattered at that moment. Sokka's eyes darted down to Zuko's mouth unbidden, and he jerked them back up immediately. But Zuko just wet his lips, looking almost nervous, and slid just a little closer, so that if they breathed at the right moment, they brushed together in the narrowing space between them. Sokka let his hand drift up Zuko's shoulder, feeling the brush of the fabric, and moved towards his neck, toward his cheek. The song was ending now, and Sokka still had the head swirlies, and Zuko was still right there, and the last few notes were humming and fading out. And then, Cotton-Eyed Joe was playing, jangling vocals and banjo and everything. So, that had to be the most severe and successful cock block in the history of the world, and Sokka became immediately and painfully aware of how close they were, 
and also how very close he'd gotten to kissing his very male boyfriend right in front of his entire family and small town. His fake very male boyfriend. Fake. His fake boyfriend who just wanted to be friends, and Sokka had been about eight seconds away from sexually assaulting him in public. It must have hit them at the same moment, or at least in Sokka's mind, when he pulled back and abruptly dropped his hands. Zuko did too. The sickening awkwardness was strong enough that he could basically taste it, just exacerbated by people making their way back to the dance floor to flail around and do si -do with each other, the music overly loud. Sokka wanted to kill either the DJ or himself, but he couldn't decide which at the moment. Uh, he said, I think I'm going to go grab a drink. He looked at the dance floor and at Zuko, hovering there, and Sokka felt sick and guilty and terrible and weird, and he didn't know what to do, what to say, how to be. He made some sort of dumb finger guns gesture between them. I owe you one, right? His voice squeaked as he pushed on, desperate for something to say. That favour's not going to pay for itself, right? And I agreed to buy the drinks. Something flickered across Zuko's expression that Sokka could have sworn almost looked like hurt, because it had all landed wrong, hadn't brought them back to their stupid bickering banter that he'd come to like so much. It hadn't explained or distracted from whatever that moment had been. Instead, it just felt weirder, felt like Sokka was single-handedly taking a pickaxe to the crater of discomfort between them. Zuko still hadn't said anything, still hadn't moved, and everything was shit. Okay, um, I will... Same thing as before? Sound good? Sokka's voice was coming out equal parts strangled and panicked, and he couldn't seem to stop it. Sure, Zuko said finally, composure back again, even if his tone was a little strained. He still managed a slightly tense smile that didn't quite reach his eyes. Yeah, I'll meet you over there in a second. And Sokka didn't know what else to do as Zuko turned aside, so he turned away too, hating himself with every step he took toward the bar, and away from Zuko. Chapter 10 Summary Some bullies don't ever grow up. Some angry teens never quite lose the anger. Some sockers get caught in the middle and aren't totally mad about it. Trigger warning for homophobia and homophobic slurs. Can I get, like, eight tequila shots, please, and just inject them directly into my brain? Sokka said, choking on his own voice. The bartender stared at him from across the glass's cluttered stretch of wood between them, not moving. Uh, one tequila shot in a glass, Sokka corrected, and a Manhattan again? Obviously a bit confused, the bartender turned to make the drinks, although he did fill the tequila shot first and set it in front of him. Smart bartender. Sokka took it immediately, the burn sharp across his tongue, and then dropped the glass back onto the wood and genuinely contemplated just hiding under the bar on the floor until everyone left. It was a fucking mess. This was all a fucking mess. But he should just talk to Zuko, right? That was the mature thing to do. They just kept circling around and not talking and not knowing what the other was thinking, and that was just 
Well, it was stupid, that's what it was. Sokka liked him so much and everything was getting weird, and he just had to buck up and make words. He should just tell him the truth, and get it over with, and get officially rejected, and then be able to move on somehow. So they could just be friends. So Sokka could work through these feelings, and get beyond them. He rubbed a hand over his face. Hey there, sucker. Went full fag in the big city, huh? Sokka flinched. Then he turned slowly around, because... Why not just add this on? Why fucking not? He already felt like shit. Why not invite some homophobia and teenage trauma to the party? What are you doing here, Han? Sokka asked, already tired and already wishing he'd gone for hiding under the bar. Or for offing himself, but that was probably a little melodramatic. It's a party, isn't it? Han said with a laugh. One, you weren't invited to, Sokka said flatly, so maybe cool it on the slurs. Han smacked his arm and laughed. God, you never could take a joke, could you? It's funny! His face was pulled up in a syrupy smile. Lighten up! Yep. Hilarious, Sokka said. Excuse me. He turned back toward the bar. What? Han said, stepping closer to him. Too good for your old friends now that you're off in the big city. Sokka dropped some crumpled cash on the bar and turned around again, drink in hand. We were never friends. Don't suddenly start pretending now. Oh my god, Sokka! Han said, laughing again in that stupid, stomach-stabbing way. Are you seriously still being a little bitch about some teasing and joking around in high school? And really, he said, shoving him a little, as if this was some inside joke between them. It's not like you weren't asking to be teased. Relax! Fuck's sake, Sokka groaned, taking a drink of Zuko's Manhattan because he needed it. Are you done? Hey, Han said in mock surrender. I was just trying to do you a favour making sure the other gays in school knew where to find a good time, right? He laughed again, overly loud. Remember that time after the homecoming game when... Sokka felt the way his muscles stiffened, that twist of mingled fear and anger and cut over his words. You've really never grew up beyond high school, huh? Just the same shit, recycled over and over. Han's expression shifted. What's that supposed to mean? Just leave me alone, Sokka said, trying to step around them. But Han moved to block his way, effectively trapping him between the bar and his body. Han was close enough that Sokka could smell the alcohol on his breath and the sweat smell on his clothes. A few people nearby glanced toward them, but no one said anything or moved to do more than watch or stay out of the way. Sokka didn't expect any help from them or from anyone else, but he also wasn't going to just hang around and take it. He'd just leave. It wasn't worth it to stay to deal with this again, not after all these years. He wasn't stuck here and he didn't have to put up with it like he was still a kid. He'd just grab Zuko and get them both out of here. God forbid Zuko be subjected to Han's bullshit. And he'd just see Katara and Ang tomorrow and explain why he'd left. Katara would understand. It would all be fine. Move, Sokka said, voice quiet, looking past Han's shoulder in a vain hope that avoidance would get him out of this. 
No. What the fuck did you just say to me? Han said, getting even nearer. Just move. I'm leaving. Han put her hand against his chest. Tell me what you said. Sokka's skin was prickling, his stomach tight. But God, he was 25, and at his own sister's wedding. And he was usually pretty happy about who he was as a person. He'd gotten through the bullshit of being a teenager and made something for himself, and this, the town, the family, the judgement, he didn't need it anymore. Most of all, he realised with a sort of pang, he was fucking sick of it. The fear, the shame, all of it. If Zuko could survive his fucking dad, then Sokka could obviously survive some backwater trash bag like Han. I said, Sokka said finally, glaring directly into his face, that you're the same sad, pathetic prick you were in high school. You happy now? Get out of my way. Really, Han said, face twisting with anger while trying to pretend he was still laughing along. You think you're better than me, fag? Sokka didn't lower his gaze. You know what? Fuck it. I'm a fucking bisexual asshole. It's not so hard a term to learn, even for someone like you. But also, Sokka snapped, I'll take being a fag over being some hick inbred dickhole any day. Now I'm leaving, so... Han's face twitched, any hint of humour gone, and his hands balled into fists, including the one now in the front of Sokka's shirt. You think I'm gonna let some dirty dick sucker talk down to me like I'm? A hand landed on Han's shoulder and pulled, forcing him to turn, and Sokka realised with a lurch that it was Zuko. Zuko, with his body a line of coil tension and his eyes narrowed and his face pulled into a snarl, made somehow more intimidating by the scar that made his left eye narrower anyway. There was no lingering trace of his diplomat with the family or calm EMT in a crisis persona, and this was a very different emotion than his normal grumbly annoyance. This was just a piercing glare and the grit of his teeth, and a shiver of rage looking about half a second from throwing punches. Get the fuck away from him, he said. And Sokka had never heard that growl through his teeth before. He felt a genuine note of fear, although for Han, not for himself. Compared to Han, Zuko is leaner and just a little taller and not a terribly physically imposing person. But right now, he basically looked like he could spit fire and Han was an ice cube. Who the fuck do you think you are? Han snapped jerking away from Zuko's hand on his shoulder. Don't touch me! Then leave, Zuko said, teeth bared in something that was very much not a smile, and I won't have to. Sokka was pretty sure he'd frozen in place, unsure what he was looking at or what in God's name was happening right now. Had they all regressed in time? Privileged bully Han, trapped closeted Sokka, pre-therapy, anger-issues Zuko? Because if so, big oof. You think you can threaten me? Han said, poking Zuko in the chest and snapping Sokka back out of his thoughts. Zuko's glare somehow got even darker, and his hands curled into fists. I'll say it again. Leave him alone. 
other people were definitely watching now, clustered around with their drinks and exchanging glances while pretending they weren't. Thankfully the bar was far enough from the main dance floor and the largest collection of guests that this extreme, fraught display hadn't taken away from whatever Katara and Ang were doing. Soccer doubted anyone could even hear what was happening over the continued pound of the music. Still, Sokka had a vague memory of Zuko describing his young, angry self as a terror, and wasn't sure if that needed to be displayed here, as personally satisfying as that might be. Zuko, Sokka said quietly, taking his hand. It's okay, let's just go. Zuko didn't take his eyes from Han's face as he said, You're not going anywhere, Sokka. This piece of shit is the one who's leaving. Han looked quickly between them before his face broke into a sickly sort of smile, and Sokka's stomach dropped. Oh, Han said, tone dripping with mocking as he poked Zuko in the chest again before turning to stare down at Sokka. This is the dick you're sucking? Found yourself some scar-faced fuck-buddy to... Don't you dare, Sokka began, anger flaring as he took a step forward, but Zuko talked over him. I'm giving you one more chance to leave, or you won't like how I make sure you do, Zuko said, and his hands were actually shaking a little, but Han just watched him with a sneer. You should know that kind of disgusting shit isn't tolerated in this town, he said, bringing up his finger again. We've got values here, and your faggot boyfriend. Mid-homophobia word vomit, he jabbed at Zuko again, but this time, Zuko grabbed hold of his wrist as he did. Before Han could even finish his sentence, Zuko had moved, stepping quickly aside and dragging Han's wrist with him, effectively wrenching his arm around and against his back and bending him forward. Zuko held him in place with the grip on his wrist and a hand against the shoulder blade, perfectly controlled, as Han made a noise a bit like a frightened sheep. Sokka watched the split second in which all this happened, from Han's prod to Zuko's incredibly smooth manoeuvre, and had a moment where he genuinely wondered if he'd accidentally brought fucking Batman to his sister's wedding. But then he remembered. Martial arts as a teen to deal with his issues, right. Who knew it would be so useful now? I told you to leave, Zuko said, voice still a growl. So now you're going to apologise before I let you go. What do you think you're... Han began, high and strangled as he squirmed against Zuko's grip. Zuko pulled back a little more on his wrist, furthering the twist on his shoulder and the force bend at his waist, and Han made another near howl of pain. Sokka, just like everyone else lingering and watching, couldn't seem to move to offer anything. He just kept standing there, somewhat horrified, but mostly just transfixed. Apologise, Zuko said again in that harsh growl or I'll snap your arm off your fucking body and laugh while you cry on the floor. Fine, I'm sorry, okay? Han cried, twitching against Zuko's grip. I'm sorry! Now let me go! Zuko did, shoving him forward as he released him. Luckily there was an open space between the bar and the remaining tables and the still full dance floor for Han to stumble into, and people moved quickly aside while continuing to stand there and pretend they weren't watching. Han, once he righted himself, immediately whirled, clinging to his shoulder. He winced and glared and stammered at Zuko's stony expression and rigid posture. 
Sokka finally moved, taking a step to Zuko's side. For physical or moral support? He wasn't sure, but he knew that was where he wanted to be. And finally Zuko looked his way. You okay? he asked, expression softening a little. I mean, yeah, I'm... Sokka began. You broke my shoulder, Han yelled, glaring and bringing their attention back to him. What the fuck? I'll sue you for this. I'll, I'll... He rubbed his arm again. You broke my shoulder! Zuko just scoffed and crossed his arms over his chest. It's not broken, you baby. Han glared at him, still wrapping his arms around himself and looking. For the first time Sokka could remember, truly at a loss for words. His eyes were wide, and he was oddly small as he hunched over holding his shoulder and getting red in the face. No one else was saying anything either, although there were definitely clusters of people still watching. A few of Sokka's more distant relatives, other random townies, one very bewildered-looking woman who Sokka was pretty sure worked at a hospital with Katara. Of course, none of them were going to miss the opportunity to take in what would probably be the best gossip Perta had seen in months. Damn. Why was it always Sokka and Zuko supplying the good gossip? Han's mouth opened and shut once. Do you know who I am? He finally barked at Zuko, who still hadn't moved. Who my family is? Who the fuck do you think you are? You broke my shoulder! I'm Sokka's fucking boyfriend, and I literally couldn't care less who you are, Zuko snapped. And it's not broken, dumbass. His eyes narrowed. You'd definitely know if I'd let myself break your shoulder, because I'd be much happier right now. He said it so casually that Han's expression actually twitched with fear for a moment, some of the colour draining from his face. He rubbed his shoulder again. Zuko finally rolled his eyes and sighed. If it really hurts that damn bad, take some aspirin and put some ice on it and do some gentle stretching on the rotation of the joint in the morning. You'll be fine. Stop milking it. Sokka looked aside at him and wanted so badly to laugh because this was just... Well, honestly, very on brand for Zuko, and such a surreal, perfect moment. Sokka could hardly fathom it. If he could somehow frame this whole interaction and carry it around with him always, he absolutely would. Zuko. Collected, powerful, snappy badass. Han, sad, stupid, defeated bully. Sokka, confused, partially convinced this was a vivid hallucination, but happy as all hell regardless. Han finally seemed to get his senses again, and clearly no one was coming to his aid or doing anything more than staring and whispering. Even his cronies were just watching from the fringes of the crowd, looking nervous. He opened his mouth to speak again, but Zuko talked over whatever he'd been about to say. Okay, so can you leave now? Zuko asked, sounding disinterested and annoyed. Or do I need to not break your other shoulder? Han seemed to consider Zuko for one more moment, some flex going through his jaw. But then he turned and stormed off without a word, shoving his way through the clusters of observers. At the same time, Grand Grand emerged from another side of the would-be crowd, looking between Han's retreating back and the still stock-straight Zuko with Sokka beside him. 
Well, goodness, she said, breaking the quiet. It seems like there was quite the excitement over here, but it looks like it's been taken care of. She looked pointedly around at the silent observers. So, should we all get back to celebrating my lovely granddaughter and her new husband? Or are we going to stand around and gawk a bit longer? There was an authority cutting through her chipper tone that allowed no argument, and those still lingering exchanged a few chagrined looks and began to disperse. A few whispered and snuck glances back at Zuko as they went, but Grand Grand shot them her. What exactly do you think you're doing? Look. And most of them went silent too. Zuko, though, seemed to come back to himself all at once, body abruptly uncoiling. He looked at Grand Grand and then finally over at Sokka, still standing beside him. Oh my god, Zuko said, a kind of panic flashing across his features. I'm so sorry. Then he was fleeing too, winding through the crowd and heading toward the main doors. Zuko! Sokka started, but he was already gone and shoving open the main doors and darting into the hall. Sokka tried to process that reaction, stuck in place again, but he twitched when a hand fell on his arm. He looked down to see Grand Grand watching him with a gentle smile, and he tried to get his mouth to work again. Um, thanks for that, Sokka said, nodding distantly around them. Did, did it upset Katara and Aang? Grand Grand shooed those concerns away with a hand. Not in the slightest. I don't think they're even aware. Sokka nodded, at least relieved with that, and looked back toward the door that Zuko had gone through. Grand Grand patted his arm. I like that one, she announced succinctly. Sokka blinked at her kind, wrinkled, meaningful expression just once, while his brain tried to catch up. Uh, yeah, he said a bit distantly. Yeah, me too, he swallowed. Like, a lot. Grand Grand patted his arm again. Then I think you'd better go get him, dear, she said, as if speaking to a dunce. And maybe Sokka deserved it. He probably deserved it. But he went. Chapter 11 Summary Communication finally achieved in true Sokka and Zuko fashion by doing a lot of yelling in semi-inappropriate places. There you are, Sokka said, allowing himself a smile at finding Zuko finally out under the stars again. Sokka had wandered the whole of the community centre, snooping into hallways and back rooms and wherever he thought Zuko might have darted off to hide. He'd succeeded only in finding kids playing hide-and-seek and one couple going at it in a broom closet before he'd finally given up and ventured outside. And now, here was Zuko, around the corner from the main double doors in a strip of grass between the building and the parking lot. The space was mostly in darkness except for the rectangles of light from the windows, and Zuko was between those, barely visible, his head back as he looked up. Still, he didn't move or respond when Sokka came near. Rekindling your romance with the stars? Sokka asked trying for lightness, even with his heart in his throat. Zuko still didn't look at him or respond, but Sokka kept approaching anyway, 
dipping in and out of the columns of light. He stopped a few feet from Zuko, like he was scared of spooking an easily startled animal, and then just watched him and shifted awkwardly on his feet. Are you okay? Sokka asked, more softly this time. He thought he saw Zuko swallow, and finally he turned his head to look at Sokka, his eyes just barely glinting in the dark, and his expression was hard to make out. I'm sorry, he said. Sokka felt his eyebrows pull together. For what? he asked. He was having strange flashbacks to the morning, that same apology, that same tone of voice, that same bizarre nervousness radiating off of Zuko, and it was making Sokka a little nauseous. For all of that, Zuko said, gesturing towards the wall of the community building, or maybe toward the windows? Although they just looked into an empty hallway, but whatever he was motioning towards, it was clearly meant to be all-encompassing. All what? Sokka asked, because, damn it, everything was going to be clear this time. For making a scene and probably embarrassing you in front of everyone, Zuko gritted out. And at your sister's wedding! He pressed a fist to his forehead. Where I'm just some random stranger who now started a fight at the reception. Sokka stared at him, trying to process. Just to clarify, he said carefully, you're apologising for protecting me? You didn't need protecting, Zuko said with a wave of his hand. I caught the end and you were obviously fine. Not so sure about that, Sokka admitted, rubbing the back of his neck. But Zuko just shook his head. I just got so angry, he said, a bit of that growl returning. Like, seeing red, blood boiling, ready to choke a bitch angry. Just hearing the way he was talking. Him saying that stuff to you. Yeah, he was in rare form tonight. I just sort of forgot about all the breathing exercises and visualisations I worked on for so long to, you know, not get angry like I used to. Zuko met his eyes for a moment before they turned away again. I don't want to be like that anymore, and I'm... Sorry. Well, I'm not, Sokka announced, and Zuko's eyes snapped him again. I'm grateful. I'm impressed. I'm relieved. I'm fucking thrilled. He wet his lips, heart beating fast since Zuko was watching him, looking surprised. Do you want more adjectives? Because if you give me a second, I can come up with them. Zuko shook his head. You're just being nice. I'm really definitely not. I got in a fight with some arsehole like I was 16 again, Zuko exclaimed. At a wedding! A wedding for someone I didn't even know before this weekend. Okay, I need to address this whole fight idea, Sokka said, because what I saw was you very efficiently making a drunk douchebag who was definitely going to keep being a problem stop being a problem. It's not like you just started brawling with him out of nowhere. Zuko was still watching his face, looking sceptical and nervous and dodgy, and Sokka wasn't sure how to correctly articulate that Zuko really didn't need to be any of those things right now. Look, I never met 16-year-old Zuko, Sokka began. Thank God, Zuko put in. But I'm guessing from your references that he wouldn't have been quite so restrained about dealing with Han as you just were? Zuko raised an eyebrow, looked aside, and then looked back. Yeah, not so much, he admitted, 
and then scratched the back of his head. There at least would have been a hell of a lot more yelling. Probably punching. Maybe tackling? So see, Sokka said with what he hoped was a winning smile. You got justifiably angry, but you're clearly not that version of you anymore. So it's all good. Still, Zuko said desperately, waving back toward the community building. What about Katara and Aang? Grand Grand said they didn't even know, Sokka replied, gesturing off behind him. And I got the feeling she'll put the fear of God into anyone who tries to pop their happy bubble by telling them. Zuko's lips pressed together, but he finally nodded. So, can I thank you now? Sokka asked, taking a small step closer. And just gush like the crazy fanboy about how amazing that was, specifically the whole arm twist thing? Zuko shot him a look. Aikido, he replied, with a bit of a shrug. Gesundheit? Zuko snorted. It's the martial art. Basic wrist lock. Can you teach me? I'd also like to be an amazing ninja master. Zuko shot him another smile, looking a little more like himself, but it slid away again after a moment, his expression slipping back into something more wary and regretful again. Really, Sokka said, twisting his hands together, because there was a lot he wanted to say, needed to say, but his stomach was in knots and he wanted to do it right, get it all out there correctly. He took a breath and continued. I'm really grateful for what you did back there, honestly, and I'm not really sure what I did to deserve you being such an amazing friend to me, but I... Zuko stiffened in front of him, like a visible twitch of all his nerves locking down again which Sokka felt like a punch to the gut. What? he asked. What's wrong? Nothing, Zuko responded too quickly. No, something's wrong, Sokka said. I said something wrong. No, you didn't. What is it? Really? It's nothing. Zuko, you can just talk to me. Just leave it, Sokka. He could. He could pretend it was nothing and not talk about it and try to make some dumb joke and see what happened. But he didn't want to anymore. Sokka crossed his arms and dug in his heels, calling on whatever stubbornness he had brewing inside him. I know something's wrong, and I know it has to do with me, which sucks, so I wish you'd just be honest with me so we could... I don't want to be just your friend, Zuko nearly shouted spinning to face Sokka directly, and the burst of intensity actually made Sokka take a quick step back. I want to be so much more than your friend, he continued in the same rush, and it's fucking killing me because you don't feel the same way. Sokka felt a bit like someone had simultaneously slapped him across the face and punched him in the gut, which was a bizarre sensation that had effectively taken all the air out of him and made his head spin. Which is fine, obviously, Suko went on in a more controlled voice, covering his face and then dropping his hands and looking away. I get it. I'm... He gestured to himself. And you're... God damn it, you're... You... He gestured over at Sokka as if that explained anything at all, and shook his head. I still want to be your friend regardless. I really like hanging out with you, Sokka, in whatever way. It's just that after this morning... I thought that maybe we were on the same page, but clearly. This morning, 
Sokka finally managed to echo, and Zuko met his eyes again. Oh god, he looked like such an abandoned baby puppy in the rain that Sokka could hardly think about anything but that face. Yeah, but then all today, Zuko said carefully looking away, you made it clear you don't feel that way about me. So I'm just... I'm just trying to work through it. Something pleading entered his expression when he looked back up, some strange fear of being rebuffed. Like soccer of all people was about to push him away. I'm sorry if that makes you feel weird or uncomfortable, me feeling that way about you. But if you can just give me a little time, Zuko swallowed, I'll get over it. I don't want to lose your friendship because I realise you being in my life as just a friend or even as just a neighbour if that's easier for you. His eyes met Sokka's again, so goddamn raw with feeling that Sokka felt pinned in place. Just you being in my life at all means a whole hell of a lot to me. Zuko finally broke off, face still shrouded in shadow and so fragile it hardly looked real. Sokka should be saying something now, not just standing there with spinning cursor brain again. He had to do something. That's what you did when someone declared something like that. You formed words. You asked clarifying questions. You explained yourself. You did something. But there were so many, many, many things to say, and Sokka couldn't actually get any of them to form in his mouth. You like me. Like, like me like me? is what he finally managed, smile breaking across his face even as he had the vague realisation that what he'd just uttered was about 80% nonsense. Zuko's face closed off. Look, you can mock me about a lot of stuff, but that seems pretty cruel for you. No, God no, Sokka exclaimed, waving his hands and taking a step closer. I just, I can't believe you think I don't like you when I've been a whole ass heart-eyed pining mess over you this entire weekend and I thought you weren't into me. Zuko looked back at him, a number of emotions working across his face in quick succession. What? he finally demanded. How did you possibly think that? Sokka threw up his hands. This morning! What about it? You got all weird about the cuddling, Sokka said, a bit desperate now that the words were actually making it to his mouth and out into the open air. And you said you liked how things were before, and got all freaked out about emotions, so I thought that meant you liked how it was before this weekend. So, before the fake dating and flirting and... Before the awkward conversations, Zuko interrupted with a similar frantic energy. Before you knew about the weird trauma and shit and maybe thought of me differently like I'm some damaged baby duckling you'd have to coddle and tiptoe around because I don't want to be pitied and I just, I thought... He clenched his jaw. Sokka's eyebrows rose. Really? Baby duckling? You thought that was where my brain went? Zuko huffed dramatically. Shut up. I just didn't want all the late night confessions to mess up what we had going. But what we had going during the weekend. I thought I made that clear. I... Damn it, Sokka, he said with a desperate sort of thrash of his hand. I wanted the flirting and talking and holding hands and everything to continue. And yeah, I did get a little freaked out by the cuddling because, really, I don't do that normally. He scraped his hands into his hair. But mostly, I was scared you wouldn't want to deal with all the family damage and baggage, and then you said you liked how things were too, and, and... 
he was looking increasingly flustered. And I was being so stupid and obvious today about trying to show I liked you and you still kept... Hold up, Sokka said, shaking a hand between them, distantly aware that they were both yelling again. You were being obvious. Yes, Zuko snapped. How was I not? Sokka gaped at him again. What? What were you doing that was so obvious? Zuko's eyes narrowed. Seriously? Yes! Okay, well, how about the hand-holding? Zuko offered, looking surly. That could have just been for appearances, Sokka replied sharply, gesturing around himself. Fake dating, remember? He was getting distant balcony flashbacks, but this time with a heightened thrill going across his skin and through his gut. But even that thrill, that reinflating hope balloon, clearly wasn't stopping him from continuing to explain via shouting. And whatever Zuko was feeling, he was clearly still going to yell and huff and eye-roll his way through this shared moment of enlightenment. Come on, Zuko grumbled and eye-rolled. Point to Sokka. What about the whole trying to be comforting and supportive? Sokka sputtered. You could have... you could have just been being nice. Because I was freaking out. Because maybe you thought I was a pathetic baby duckling. I told you I don't do that for other people, Zuko argued, tossing his arms out to either side. What? When? You know me, Zuko insisted. I'm a grumpy arsehole. You think I'm that nice to other people? It's just you that makes me all mushy and vulnerable and stupid. How could I know that? Sokka replied, spreading his hands, even as his chest processed that statement. You're nice to me, your version of nice to me, and I just assumed that was you, just you as a person. How was I supposed to know that it was specific to me? You, you, Zuko said, glaring, and then abruptly fell silent and stared up at the sky again, muttering to himself. They stood a moment longer in the quiet broken up only by the occasional distant sounds of the wedding or cars going by on the street, both quite obviously bewildered. Well, then, what about when I literally told you that I liked you? Zuko challenged, looking back at him and glaring again. That, that could have been just as a friend, Sokka exclaimed, trying desperately to explain himself now it was seeming more and more like he'd just forgotten to pack every functioning brain cell he'd ever owned when he went on this trip. Okay, but the dancing, Zuko finally said, like he was offering the closing bit of definitive evidence in a speech. How was that not obvious? I... Sokka began. But there really were no words to explain what he'd assumed, how much he'd convinced himself that Zuko didn't want him that way. And how was you basically running away afterwards not a sign that you weren't into me? Zuko concluded sharply. Sokka's brain was going too fast again, replaying that moment. The way they'd been nearly pressed together, Zuko's face, the part of his lips, the movement of his hand along Sokka's back, the way they'd almost... Oh my god. It hadn't all been in his head. He hadn't just imagined it. He hadn't been reading it wrong. Zuko liked him. He was going to throw up. He was going to explode and there would just be a bunch of fireworks and sparklers spelling out HOLY SHIT HE LIKES ME in rainbow letters where his body had been. 
It was all ridiculous, and he was mind-meltingly acastic and also apparently still not saying or doing anything. Zuko was watching him, looking a bit defensive as he lingered in the dark and waited for Sokka to get back from his mental expedition. I don't know how exactly I could have made it more obvious, Zuko finished, a bit stiffly, and crossed his arms again. Sokka's brain finally assembled all the puzzle pieces and everything clicked into place. For once, he didn't hesitate or second-guess himself. He crossed a few feet between them in two quick strides, caught Zuko's face with his hand, and pulled their lips together. Zuko was tense for the briefest moment, and Sokka almost drew back, afraid he'd somehow missed the mark again. But then Zuko's hands were up in his hair, tugging him back in. He curved his body into Sokka's and parted his gorgeous lips just a little, and there, there went the fireworks, although they thankfully stayed under Sokka's skin. Zuko tasted a bit like wine still, and he smelled like he had that morning, and he was the best version of soft and solid possible, and he was fucking real somehow. Sokka looped his other arm around Zuko's back, dragging him in even tighter, and kissed him again. Everything boiled down to this one moment and the feel of Zuko's mouth. Because of course stupid Zuko was good at this too, kissing like he knew exactly what Sokka would like. It would be unfair, except that Sokka was reaping the benefits. He did draw back after a moment to look across at Zuko again, letting his arms relax and feeling his heart thundering away in his chest. Zuko was watching him, wind catching in his hair, and he was so pretty Sokka wished he could also frame and carry around this moment too. A little breathless, Sokka muttered, That would be obvious. Chapter 12 Summary Communication finally achieved part two. More arguing, some negotiating, being honest, and realising they definitely want the same things moving forward. Suko sighed. Still, mostly a darkness except that Sokka was close enough now to make out the details of his face. The lines around his eyes, the brush of his lashes, the bow of his lips. And he wasn't stepping back or running away, which... Thank God Sokka hadn't managed to fuck it up again. Well, if the damn DJ hadn't ruined the mood completely while we were dancing and you hadn't run off like a scared bunny, Zuko said, tonguing his lower lip, I would have done that earlier. Yeah, Sokka said, smile growing again as he ignored the whole scared bunny comment. Right there in front of everyone? Zuko didn't drop his eyes. Hell yeah, I would have. Or I would have actually punched someone out of pure sexual frustration. He moved the hand he still had on Sokka's shoulder to gesture vaguely around Sokka's face and torso. Look at you. Sokka laughed at that. Well, I somehow assumed you were immune to my charms. Apparently not, Zuko said, now bringing his hand to Sokka's face and cupping his cheek. Every so often... Someone would open the door around the corner from them and there would be a sliver of wedding reception music that reached them, or the brief swell of happy voices and cheering. Presumably they were doing the bouquet toss or something else Sokka told himself he was okay to skip for the sake of hot downstairs neighbour slash fake boyfriend, actually talking to him and being touchably close. Sokka tipped his face to press a kiss to the side of Zuko's hand, 
eyes not leaving his. Are we both stupid? Sokka asked, smiling. I mean, probably, Zuko admitted. And then he caught Sokka's jaw and kissed him once more, something more focused and more lingering in this one. Sokka sighed into it. At least they were together in the lack of brain cells. Zuko drew back a moment later with his own contented sort of sigh, which definitely did something to Sokka's gut. Stupid or not, I'm glad we got here, Zuko admitted, meeting his eyes again. Because, God, I'm really into you, Sokka, and I know I might be too difficult or damaged or whatever for someone like you. Sokka smiled. No fucking way. Really? Obviously. Oh no, not obviously, scared little bunny, Zuko snarked, narrowing his eyes. You've been a moving target all weekend, and I kept trying to read if you actually felt like that about me, but the vibe kept changing, and... In case it hasn't been 100% clear yet, I really like you, and I've been super into you all weekend, Sokka stated, and then cocked his head. Longer than that, actually. A while now. Probably. See? Zuko demanded. You don't even know! So how was I supposed to? You're the one who's a doctor! Still not a doctor, Zuko replied. And also, how's that matter? Well, you're supposed to be smart, aren't you? Sokka asked, poking him on the tip of the nose. And Zuko scowled at him again. I'm very smart, he said. Just... not where you're involved, apparently. That checks out, Sokka said, booping his nose again and grinning at the surprised and disgruntled face Zuko made. How did he oscillate so rapidly between sexy and adorable? What skills this man had. You make me fucking dumb too, so I guess it's fine. Big himbo energy all around, but to circle back, Sokka swept his finger around in the air between them before Zuko could start protesting the use of the term himbo. You're not too damaged or too difficult. He returned his hands to Zuko's shoulders and the back of his neck. Not for me. Good, Zuko murmured, flushing a little. And you? Sokka said, some of the self-consciousness and insecurity bleeding up through him again. You're not fully turned off by all the bullshit I'm bringing to the table? Like the gummy worms and the finger guns, Zuko asked, smirking. Sokka shot him a look. I was thinking more the whole big judgmental family, and losing my mum as a kid, and that I've probably got undiagnosed ADHD, so I'm impulsive and also overthinking all the time, and the whole thing being bad about talking about my feelings, and... He bit at the inside of his cheek. It's a lot to deal with. Maybe too much. For you. Sokka hated admitting all of it. Those jagged edges he attempted to distract from with noise and humour. But he had to now. He knew that. Cards on the table. It was only fair. Even if it made something clench in his throat, the worry that it... that he would be too much. He always seemed to be for people too loud, too chaotic, too messy. And what if listing it, laying it all out there, made Zuko realise it too? He didn't want to pop the hope balloon. That weird, fragile joy that seemed to be sizzling between the layers of his skin. But what if... Zuko had enough of his own stuff already. 
Flirting at weddings and making out was all fun and games. But was actually getting into something like this just another version of soccer being too much? The smile that slid across Zuko's face was gentle, full of understanding, and Sokka's heart thudded behind his ribs. It's not too much, Zuko said softly. Whatever stuff you think you bring to the table, I can handle it. Sokka tried to make his mouth work again. Yeah? he asked finally. Yeah, Zuko said, rubbing a hand down his shoulder. We'll just keep track of each other and be better at talking? Sokka chuckled a little, said with earth-shaking confidence. Shut up, Zuko grumbled back. I'm not good at this either, but for you, I want to give it a shot, okay? Because you like me like me, Sokka supplied, smile growing large again, a weird blend of disbelief and exhilaration rioting inside of him. Zuko huffed at him. Yes, idiot, I like you like you. Sometimes in spite of your personality. Hey! But you make up for it by being hot, Zuko continued, raising an eyebrow. Because yes, it is the hair, and the eyes, and the shoulders, and the mouth, you smug dick. Sokka couldn't help the laugh that came out of him, or the way he moved his hands to cup Zuko's face and hold them there where he could fully appreciate him. The way the shadows lay across his face, the glimmer in his eyes, the fact that he was having this conversation at all. Sokka rubbed his thumbs along Zuko's cheeks and jawline, the smooth skin and faint rasp of stubble. One thumb brushed along the lower edge of the scar, accidentally and barely, but Zuko still flinched, just the tiniest bit. Sokka stopped immediately, a shift happening in the air between them, any teasing and humour dropped. Sorry, Sokka said quietly, not touching him further. I'm sure you don't want... He moved his hand a little lower so it was near Azuko's neck, and not in reach of the scar. I won't touch it. Something hard and nervous melted in Zuko's expression, and he reached up to cover Sokka's right hand and bring it back to his face. It's okay if it's you, he whispered, watching him. Sokka didn't know what to say to that, how to even properly process what Zuko was offering. So he ever so gently traced along the bottom edge of the scar with his thumb, feeling the uneven ridge of the skin, the visible, painful memory of it. Zuko was holding very still as he did so, possibly not breathing. His eyes hadn't moved from Sokka's face, as if he was still waiting for the touch to turn painful or for Sokka to jerk away, which made Sokka's chest ache. With one quick, verifying glance at Zuko's eyes to confirm this wasn't a step too far, Sokka bent his head and pressed a feather-like kiss to his scarred cheek. It was rough and strangely glossy, but no less warm and no less an accepted part of Zuko's still very attractive face, and very attractive person. The other man's eyes slid shut as he finally exhaled, and so Sokka risked laying a kiss just above his left eye as well. Also, I'm lying about the personality thing. Zuko added in a low voice while Sokka's lips lingered against his skin. Sokka pulled back to rest their foreheads together, watching him, but Zuko didn't open his eyes as he said, Because I actually like that a lot too. Because you're just so kind and understanding and good under all the fun and jokes. And God, Sokka, 
I want to be in your life however you'll let me. Zuko opened his eyes again, soft and hesitant and waiting, and Sokka couldn't hold back another heart-wrenchingly honest smile. Look at them, actually talking, saying the things, being marginally mature, romantically inclined adults about all of this. I really like you, and you can be in my life in every way you want, Sokka muttered, truthful and aching, and then his mouth just kept going against his will. Even if you pretend you're a grumpy asshole when deep down you're totally not, you mushy liar. And even if apparently we're a two-for-one idiot special when we're together. Oh look! And Sokka had ruined it. Dumped firmly right back into disaster by territory. But Zuko just gave a grunt of laughter and brushed a loose strand of Sokka's hair back from his face, shaking his head a little. But in a way that was affectionate. Indulgent even. And... God, Sokka could be looked at that way forever if Zuko wanted. I'm glad you want me around, Sokka added, knowing his face was probably going to start hurting from just smiling so much, but he didn't care. Because, Zuko, my dude, I really want to date you, take you out somewhere nice and walk you to your front door and then kiss you goodnight, date you. Did you seriously go with my dude right now? Zuko asked. That's the part you're focusing on? Sokka protested. Well, is that really the vibe you're going for, Zuko said, eyebrow furrowing, and Sokka let out a dramatic sigh. Fine. Sokka made his eyes as low-lidded and sensual as he could manage, tried to speak in a kind of sexy rumble. Zuko, sweetheart, baby doll, darling sugar plum? I will leave right now. I really want to date you. Sokka pushed on, returning to his regular voice and unperturbed by Zuko's empty threats. Like restaurants, chocolates, bottles of champagne, making out against your front door. Date you, Sokka finished. God, you're ridiculous, Zuko replied, reaching up to flick at Sokka's forehead, which just made him laugh. But I guess it works out, because I also really want to date you, like straight pick you up from your door with flowers, hold your hand in public, go share a milkshake like it's the goddamn 1950s, date you. We're two bi dudes of colour and you're going 1950s? Sokka teased, and Zuko gave a crooked sort of smile. You know what I mean, he said, but then a flash of vulnerability went across his expression again. I want to be with you, Sokka, if you want that too. I, yes, absolutely. I want to call you my boyfriend for real, from now on, Sokka said, feeling more bold in this escalation because Zuko was still in his arms and saying these things and wanting him back and, God, if he saw Han again, he'd thank the stupid Yeehaw Town homophobe for helping to create one very queer relationship. Yeah? Zuko asked, smiling. Straight to boyfriend? Yeah, Sokka replied, as long as you're cool with that. But if that's too fast or exclusive for you? What, you think I've got a bunch of people on retainer to date me? Have you seen you? Zuko just laughed, and it was still the best noise in the world. I'd very much like to be your boyfriend, he said. Nothing fake about it. Good, Sokka said. Me too. 
Good, Zuko repeated. Because I've seriously wanted to kiss you like six times already this weekend, and it killed me that I couldn't because the relationship wasn't real. Only six times? Sokka pressed. But Zuko just scoffed at him and pulled his face in to kiss him again. Sokka let himself sink into it. But far too soon, and just when Sokka was about ready to start adding some tongue and really see where this could go, Zuko was pulling back again and looking at him. He tapped their foreheads together, the corner of his lips lifted in an oddly attractive, if mischievous, expression. One more thing, he said. Sokka raised an eyebrow. What about my flip-flops? Zuko asked in a low voice, still smirking. Sokka sighed, as emphatically as he could while still being pressed against the other man and making no effort at all to move away. Seriously? That's your last concern? God, you're the worst. Sure I am, Zuko replied, the self-satisfied bastard. But then his lips had moved to press against Sokka's jawline and under his hair and down to his neck. Sokka's resentment dissolved, his whole body tingling. Who knew Zuko was so persuasive when he just shut up and did things like this with his mouth instead? Sokka shivered, burying his hands in Zuko's hair. Damn, Zuko could have won so many arguments far earlier in their relationship if he'd gone about it like this. He could probably have asked Sokka to murder someone and then kissed him on the underside of his jaw and Sokka would just have asked what kind of knife he wanted him to use. Fine, Sokka muttered. Keep the damn flip-flops. Zuko hummed, smiling a little, which Sokka felt like a rumble through his chest and also through the brush of those lips against his skin. But you're going to accept that my road trip snacks aren't abominations, Sokka added scratching his nails against the other man's scalp. Zuko drew back and scowled, but pretty mildly for him, and actually leaned into the fingers massaging into his hair. Just to seal the deal, Sokka moved in and pressed his own heated kiss to the side of his throat, savouring the warm taste of skin and the way he felt Zuko shudder under his touch. Let him argue with that. Fine, Zuko muttered although it was more of a purr than anything angry. Keep your damn high fructose corn syrup. Sokka smiled and raised his head again, looking at Zuko in the near darkness. His eyes were bright and warm and truthful, and Sokka could almost swear they were scattered with the same stars thrown across the night sky. Sokka wasn't sure he moved first or if they somehow moved together, but then, with all the truly important things resolved and no more need for conversation... They were kissing again. Actually, they were straight up making out next to the community centre like they were awkward, horny teenagers, and the tongue was definitely well received, as was Zuko's hand wrapping tight around Sokka's tie and keeping him pulled close. Although Sokka did have the vague awareness that literally anyone could turn the corner and see them, which was awkward. But also, fuck it. Because Sokka wasn't stopping now that he could, not after all the times he'd wanted to kiss Zuko in the past but couldn't. Like that first day on the balcony when he'd realised Barbie McBoomer was a hot guy. Or their first movie night when Zuko had chosen the Princess Bride. Also, when he'd patiently answered all of Sokka's dumb medical questions when he'd been convinced that he'd been bitten by a deadly spider. 
or the first time Zuko let Boomerang climb up into his lap and lick his face, and during their car sing-along, and last night when Zuko had been looking up at the stars, and later the same night after he told him about his past. Plus this morning when they'd been cuddled, and when he'd hugged Sokka while he was still halfway crying, and when they'd been dancing, and immediately after he got rid of Han, and the moment he saw them alone outside as if he'd been waiting, as if they'd just been circling each other until the stars actually aligned. Probably many more times than that. Way too many, honestly, and Sokka knew he was being a romantic sap, but he really hoped they'd have some time to make up for any other moments he'd missed. If Zuko's hands moving up to hold his face and his continued kisses were any indication, he felt the same way. Chapter 13 Summary Epilogue One fluffy, cuddly bit of resolution, because they deserve it. Sokka woke up to his phone, loudly buzzing on the nightstand, and shifted, only enough to reach out and grab it, barely opening his eyes against the light in the hotel room. He wasn't going to disturb his... boyfriend. His brain hadn't stopped gleefully chanting that word since the night before. Who was being an impressively snuggly big spoon at the moment. His face was tucked into the back of Sokka's neck, breathing softly, and his arm was locked around his waist. The rest of him pressed into Sokka's back as much as physically possible. And this time, Sokka imagined, he wouldn't be upset to be caught cuddling in his sleep and wake up squished against Sokka. Never mind that they were both also shirtless. And possibly sporting hickeys like they were dumb teens again? And that Sokka was pretty sure he could still taste Zuko in his mouth which he wasn't mad about. And that, more importantly, he also felt like some sort of achy weight on his shoulders had finally gone away, and been replaced by an idiotic giddiness that he wasn't sure he could ever explain to anyone without sounding like he was high. Sokka adjusted just enough to open his phone and check his alarm. They still had about 25 minutes before it would actually go off. And then flipped to the text that had just come through from Katara. You're still coming to brunch this morning, right? Gran-Gran told me what happened with Han. You okay? Sokka grinned to himself, considering exactly how to play this. At his back, Zuko shifted a little, burying his face further into Sokka's neck and squeezing his bare ribs, somehow locking them even closer together, which didn't entirely seem possible. God, he was warm and surprisingly strong and ridiculously clingy while he was asleep. Sokka was never going to get to hug the bed or sleep cold again, not if Zuko was there. Eh, worth it. Oh, I'm amazing, Grin. How are you? And yes, me and my boyfriend will be there for brunch. Party popper, fireworks, face with star eyes, raising hands, two men holding hands, party popper. He grinned to himself, letting his face drop further into the pillow and his left arm cover Zuko's around his torso as he waited for a response. It came quickly. You guys figured it out and stopped being dumb and oblivious? It's actually official? Sokka grinned at her response and considered what to say just as another text came through. And obviously I'm great because I just got married, but this is about you now, so... Text back faster? 
Sokka couldn't hold back a snort at that, which prompted a shifting behind him in a drowsy voice to mutter into his neck. What's going on? Nothing, Sokka whispered back, tipping his head slightly. Go back to sleep. Okay, Suko murmured, and pressed a kiss to his shoulder before nestling back in again. Sokka smiled and typed back. We figured it out and stopped being dumb and made it official all last night, and he's still in bed with me now. I didn't mean that to sound sexual, which it kind of did. We did not make that part official. There was just a lot of groping and making out everywhere, and now we're sharing a bed, so... yeah? Oh my god, please stop. I'm happy for you, but never tell me anything like that ever again. Deal. Also, before you can say it yourself, yes, brilliant little sister, you were right about everything. Just like always, grin. People should always listen to me. I'm too happy to argue, so yes, you're always right, forever, you win. So we'll see you and your boyfriend at 10.30? We'll be there, but we might be late, because have you seen how hot he is? Gross. You're uninvited. Love you too. Hugging face. Sokka set his phone aside and finally rolled over to face Zuko, although he made sure not to actually move out of the circle of his arms. He still looked peaceful, snuggled up into the pillow and back at least close to sleep, and Sokka just wanted to brush the hair away from his forehead and kiss his stupid face. Oh wait, he could. So he did running his fingers through Zuko's soft, slightly messy hair and stroking it back, and then pressing soft kisses to wherever he could reach. His forehead, the edge of his skull, the tip of his nose, the corner of his mouth, the side of his neck. Zuko shifted slightly as Sokka fully reveled in kissing him when he was all warm and pliant, and with full knowledge that this was allowed now. Finally, Zuko cracked open an eye just barely and watched him, as Sokka snuck in to press another kiss to just above the bridge of his nose. So, this is how it's going to be, huh? Zuko muttered, smiling crookedly and rubbing his hand along Sokka's back. Like waking up to an overly affectionate golden retriever? Oh, I have not even begun to show you overly affectionate, Sokka replied. He then proceeded to lick Zuko's cheek, which made him sputter and yell and pull away from him. But Sokka just laughed and Zuko finally returned to his original position although he was now scowling in that endearing way he did. You're ridiculous, Zuko grumbled. Yeah, but you like me, Sokka replied, grinning widely. I take it all back, Zuko said, attempting unsuccessfully to glare at him. You do not, Sokka replied, leaning in to nuzzle their noses together. No takesy-backsies. Takesy-backsies, Zuko scoffed. Why are you like this? I don't know, Sokka replied, smirking. But you like it. Zuko huffed out of principles, but his expression had gone soft again. Okay, fine. I do like it. He propped his head up on a hand, looking at him, and then reached out and smoothed his other hand along Sokka's cheek, 
brushing some loose strands of hair back behind his ear. You are pretty amazing, Zuko said, with a lot of gravity and feeling for so early in the day, and for tracing along Sokka's face with lazy fingertips. But Sokka greatly appreciated it regardless. I'm glad you finally noticed, Sokka replied, probably looking pretty accurately like a very pleased golden retriever. I always noticed, Zuko said back. I just have self-control. Yeah, Sokka teased, leaning in. What's that like? Fucking sucks, Zuko said, and ran a thumb along Sokka's lower lip, which Sokka promptly kissed. This is much better. And he smiled in that warm, breath-stopping way he did. God, Sokka was absolutely done for. What the hell had happened to him that suddenly all his happiness froze and fell with this surly, opinionated, beautiful weirdo lying across from him? Why had he done this to himself? Zuko continued to watch him, smiling faintly. So, how's my boyfriend this morning anyway? He asked with obvious, unadulterated fondness. Oh right, that was why. I'm great, Sokka replied, reaching out to poke Zuko on the tip of his nose. How's my boyfriend? Also great, Zuko said, relaxed and happy and comfortable and his, which was still insane and ridiculous. Both their alarms went off just then, and both men had to split apart to go shut them off again. But they didn't end up very far apart when they both climbed back into bed. At least Sokka had warned Katara they might be late. So, hot downstairs neighbour, Sokka said, sitting up now and looking down at Zuko where he lay on his back. You ready to get up and go see my family as my actual boyfriend this time? Well, hot upstairs neighbour, Zuko replied, reaching up and catching the back of Sokka's neck. There's something I need to do first. Then he pulled him back down into the bed to kiss him again. They were definitely a little bit late to brunch but no one there seemed to mind too much, once they knew the whole story. That was The Wedding, chapters 9-13, to 13, by On My Literature Bullshit again. Thanks so much to them for the communication, finally, in this fic, and for letting me record it. If you enjoyed listening, please tell me what you liked over in the comments in AO3, or come shout at me on Tumblr at MellowZukoDeer. You can also find On My Literature Bullshit again there at On My Literature Bullshit again. Thanks again. Till the next one.